Welcome to Trucker's Voices Podcast. Our special guest this week is Russ Simpson. Russ works for Yellow. Russell grew up on the farm, and that's how he got his love and passion for driving big trucks. So, Russ has a very interesting story, so y'all sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm trying to uh, mess with a little bit tonight, but anyway, I hope everybody's doing good. We have got a special show for you guys tonight. Uh, if y'all out there trucking, y'all stay safe tonight. Y'all keep it in between the white lines, and hey, y'all make sure that y'all do the most important thing is y'all get to your point and get back and get home to your families. Like I said, we got a good show lined up for you tonight. Steve is on location uh, and I'll let him tell you where it's at whenever he comes in here in just a few minutes. But uh, we got a special guest that's going to come in here and tell us how he got into trucking and what he's been doing in the trucking industry, the things that he's got going on, what he's involved in. And he, he'll he even talk a little bit about his family and um, and everything else. But uh, anyway, um, we're going to have Russ Simpson come in here with us tonight. A lot of y'all might know Russ, and if you don't, after tonight, you will know him. Russ is a great, great guy, a great ambassador for the industry. Uh, I've been knowing Russ for a little while now, and uh, the first time I met him, I liked him. So, hey, that says a lot right there. Um, I sure hope the, <laughs> I hope the feeling was mutual there. Uh, but anyway, w without further ado, I've got a little short video clip I want to just show you before we bring Russell and Steve in here tonight. Uh, it just tells you a little bit about what kind of person Russell is and uh, how much he loves this industry. So uh, y'all bear with me. Then we'll bring that other old uh, show show host in here and uh, we will uh, we'll get this show kicked off in a few minutes. Oh, before we get started, let me uh, remind everybody that the views expressed on this show are those of the host and the guest only and do not reflect those of others. So we got that out of the way and uh, I'll post that right there on the bottom of the screen. But let's go ahead and go to that video and uh, let y'all see a little bit about Russ. Hastings Denon is giving you a bird's eye view and a reminder to all drivers about safety on the roads. The open road has been Russell Simpson's office for the last 30 years. His love for truck driving began in an early age. My dad, you know, he took me out when I was 18. He went to the high school uh, parking lot, set up cans, and he said, if you're going to do this, son, you're going to be good at it. His dad's teaching and hard work paid off. Simpson is a... through the American Trucking Association. You know, I'm from small town USA. This is like a Heisman Trophy for a truck driver to me. He, along with two others from the Dayton area, were picked out of 2,000 to highlight the trucking industry. To talk about safety, go out to teach senior citizens about a truck's limitations. Uh, they're really the spokespeople for the industry because they're the ones on the highway every day. Simpson says and winter weather. It's sometimes difficult to see other cars. Light-colored cars, and they blend in with the snow when the road's covered. When the road's covered, and so many people don't turn their headlights on. You ain't good because you can't even see them hitting the road, but it's for everybody else around you so they can see you coming. Simpson has been accident-free and attributes his safety record to being a defensive driver, anticipating everyone's move, paying attention to the road, and putting down all distractions. The road and putting down all distractions. He asks you do the same. Lots of room. Be patient. You know we're here. We're here to share the road safely with you too. Drive normal cars if you take anything away from them. Yeah, he says uh, distraction is the key, so put down your cell phones and pay attention. Yeah, they see it all up there. All right, thanks so much for doing us here. 
All right, so uh, that's just a little bit. That video was quite a bit jumpy. It may be my internet connection over here in South Georgia. We are having severe weather over here tonight, so uh, my my internet connection could be a little little shaky tonight. Y'all just going to have to bear with me. But um, without you know further ado, I do want to bring uh, Steve and Russ on in here. So um, if uh, I'm going to get I'm going to key up the intro music here and bring them on in here. What's up, Steve? What's up, Russ? What's going on, baby? How are you? That's good music selection. There you go. There you go. We may have to move move a little bit there. There we go. Hey, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, how'd you like that intro? I mean, I know the video was a little shaky. Was it shaky on y'all's end? It was shaky on my end. Yeah, it was a little shaky, but it's all good, man. It's all good. That's good. That's good. Hey, we we are coming to y'all live from Kalahari Water Park and Resort in Sandusky, Ohio. This is the home of the Ohio Truck Driving Championship for the next couple of days. So we're having fun. That's so what we're here for. <laughs> to have fun. That's right. That's what it's all about. You don't have no competitors there except for one, and that's that course out there. There's nobody else your competitor. You got to beat that course. Exactly. Exactly. It's you in the course, man. It's you in the course. Don't worry about anybody else. Just just do what you do best and uh, hit your marks and, and be on it. And then Saturday night, we'll find out who the winners are. That's right. And I'm going to be tuning in. I hope somebody will be shooting it live or something. So if I can see it, you know. Um, so you are in Sandusky, Ohio at the Kalahari Resort there. I think you did a live remote from there last year, Steve. Um, yes, sir. But uh, you you look a little better this year, uh, especially uh, you know with the company that you you're keeping there. Hey, that's that's why I got him on the show so he makes me look better. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, he wanted to do this on an iPad instead of a cell phone to say it, to simply help him look better. I'm like the bigger screen's not gonna do nothing, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hey, I'm not telling everybody, but I know y'all really holding hands under the table there, right? Oh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> both both see both my hands are up here. They're up here. Me and Steve go way back. We talk all, almost every day. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Except for, except for when I forget to call him and tell him about a wreck. Yeah, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah I've heard yeah. about that. Yeah, Russell, he yeah. leaves you. He hangs out the driver up. Yeah, he did. I didn't mean to, man. I didn't mean to. He just had a different uniform on. So yeah, I forgot about him. Sorry. That's how, that's how those baby. That's how those oh, fake drivers are, Russ. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so, uh, Russell, thank you for coming on the show tonight, taking the time. Um, I know you're a busy man, and uh, i actually been thinking about this for a long time. And uh, Steve uh, reminded me that y'all were going to be together the other day. And I was like, hey, ask him, ask him. So here we are. And uh, what we want to know from you tonight, Russell, is we want to know your story, how you got into trucking, uh, um, and everything that you're doing in the trucking industry now. Um, before you know, we get started. Um, you know, I, I like Steve and I always say we have no scripted questions or anything. Everything's just coming off the top of the head there. So uh, it's just a bunch of truck drivers getting together, and we're having a roundtable discussion here tonight. So, um, but first of all, uh, Russell, we're going to back off the mic, and we're going to let you have your say. Tell us your story, Russell. First of all, can you see my shirt? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I am a trucker. Is it backwards? We it wasn't backwards. <laughs> uh, that, pretty much, that pretty much says it all. Uh, I mean, I'll skip from birth to like sixth grade, but about age six, you know, I grew up in agriculture on a farm and on a farm. And, you know, we learned how to drive long before we could touch the pedals. Uh, I was always good at back of hay wagons and anything that had a, you know, steering wheel and gear shifter. I learned how to drive. And, uh, I was very fortunate that, you know, my dad and grandpa, when I was probably sixth or seventh grade, I started riding with them. We always sold our hay to the horse farms out of Kentucky. And every Saturday or when I was in school, I'd ride down there with one, you know, your dad or grandpa or one of my uncles. And, uh, you know, most of those horse farms had really long driveways. So as soon as we pull in there, they let me get over in the driver's seat. And I think that's how you get hooked. You know, it's a lot of driver stories. They start out that way riding with their parents and whatnot and um so 
you know, most of the trucking that I did once I got my, you know, I got the chauffeur's license when I was 18, naturally. Um, but most of the trucking that I did, you know, was local stuff, uh, agriculture, commodities, so the elevators and whatnot. Never really had a desire or a background to where I could, you know, drive over the road until I turned like 19 years old. And I thought, you know, I'm going to give us a shot. So I started hauling cattle for a neighbor farmer. And I did that for about three years. Um, it was like mainly Midwest, a lot of Florida, uh, up into Canada about once a week. Uh, it was always dairy cows, the Holsteins. <clears throat> and a funny story about three weeks ago, well, I was in March, we were down at the Louisville truck show and another captain, uh, Bill McNamee and Gina, um, from Warner, they were for the TA citizen driver, uh, award where they name a truck stop after a driver, Herschel. Evans got named, you know, last year. So there was a young guy with, he hadn't been with TA Petro very long uh, in a suit, sat down at the table beside me, and he's picking my brain about how the industry has changed, how the truck stops have changed, because he wanted to know how things were back, you know, when we all got started in trucking. And I said, you know, I remember the first time I was telling the story, you know, I didn't really come from a over-the-road background, so I was really nervous about the first time I had to spend the night and take a shower at a truck stop because I'm envisioning gym class. You go into the after PE class, you got to all go in the shower room. And here's a round or the, you know, the shower heads are all along the walls and you're in there just with all your classmates taking a shower. And, you know, I'm thinking this, you know, I'm going in the shower house and there's all these truckers. I don't want to see in their clothes, let alone naked. And, I walk in there, I get the key from the guy, paid my fuel, he gave me my free shower, and I walk in there, open this door, and there was my own little private shower, a little bathroom, and I thought, I was so relieved. <laughs> I told that T.A. Petro, young guy, that, and he laughed. And, but then I, I come to find out, that's the way some of the showers in the truck stops were. I found out from some other guys that uh, they were like that back in the day. So, so I, I got out of cattle hauling. Uh, So after I got out of cattle hauling, uh, I decided there was better things to do that wasn't quite so dirty. So I got into freight, uh, got on with uh, a guy at church, told me about Holland, and uh, I went there and worked. I've been there, I'll be 30 years I've been with Holland, which is now transitioning into yellow freight, but I'll be 30 years there in July, and I've always been a local P&D driver. Uh, I've always enjoyed that part of it, getting in and out, talking to customers. And uh, I tell you, my hat's off for line hall people that do that on a daily basis because that's, I knew pretty, pretty early on in my career that was not what I want to do. Yeah. I didn't like being gone. And so that's pretty much how it, it's, uh, that's pretty much my story. I got you. I got you. Your story is kind of similar to mine. I actually grew up on the farm and, uh, you know, started out. I, I always said, you know, I've always had a steering wheel in my hand of some kind. And um, I was uh, talking to somebody, uh, you know, did a did a speech. And that was part of part of my speech that I did. And uh, I said, yeah, I grew up in the South Georgia and, you know, spraying cotton and harrowing the fields. And somebody asked me a couple of years later, they said, I had a question to ask you, Tim, what does it mean to harrow? And I kind of had to explain what harrowing was, you know. So that just tells you the difference. Somebody that grew up on the farm and somebody that don't know, you know. Yeah. But but uh, Russell, we th we thank you for uh, what you've done in the trucking industry, and uh, I've I've watched you since I've known you, and um, you are a true professional in in, in the sense of it all. Well, and, I feel it's mutual for you, Tim. Too, I'll tell you, you're a true professional yourself. I appreciate. It. I appreciate. It. Tell Steve I I got him. He can come back in the screen now. Okay. <laughs> I'll be back in just a second. I'll talk. I'll be back. <laughs> well, uh, Russell, just tell us a little bit about um, cattle hauling. There, I mean, was that something that was kind of interesting to you when you first got into it? Did you haul for yourself, or did you haul for somebody else? I was another local farmer that I, you know, we were friends, um, but I think. You know, it takes a special person to do that. You got to be pretty good with livestock, um, particularly because I, all I hauled was the Holstein dairy cow. So 
one of the places we would go, you know, we'd haul them from Canada back to the, the States because back then the money exchange was different. So he was brokering these cattle where you were buying them up there for like a thousand dollars, but they were worth, you know, 1500 down here. But when you got to the border of Michigan, you had to take them to the vet station. They had, they had to all be unloaded. Uh, they had health papers that went with them and they had to all have an ear tag that matched those health papers. Now, you know, I, I always was raised around cattle. So, you know, I knew how to stuff like that. I think that's a, uh, a trade, you know, a segment of our industry. I can't see a new guy just taking off and becoming a, a livestock hauler where it's in pigs or anything. I mean, right. But, Russ, what happened uh, when a cow went down on you? Well, I, the main thing I had was we, we they would buy these cows and they were real close to having their babies because as soon as they had their calves, that's when their milk came in and they would put them into production. So several times, you know, calves were born. I'd always stop down there at Bowling Green, that rest area, and I'd get out and look at them. And I think I had probably six or seven that were born over my three years that by the time I got back down to Ohio with them. Um, I mean, if, if one fell down, did you have to get up in there and get them, get them nah, picked back up? You wouldn't want to get in there with them. I mean, that's, you'd get hurt pretty easy getting in there with them. You just have to, you, you can try to stick something through the side of the trailer to, kind of right and, uh, yeah i've never hauled livestock or yeah. anything but I've, I've always heard that guys the last thing you want is a cow to go down on you because they'll trample it yep and mm -hmm. you don't want to pull up to the sale barn with a dead cow because yeah. that cut your profits most so. time they would stay in the whole time i mean I, i'd haul them to florida uh, it'd be a 20-hour trip that was back before that, that was one thing that you know it didn't seem like the dot messed with the livestock haulers they didn't want to crawl in the truck for one thing and they knew you had a commodity on there that you know, was gonna you could deadline us for 10 hours if something happened yeah so, so that was going to be my next question there to you russ so when somebody was hauling uh livestock like that and they break down um what's usually the protocol for that well they i mean there's lanes that they run i mean a lot of the pig pig haulers you know they're going to the you know the packing houses uh in the, in the summertime especially it's uh you really got to be careful when they a lot of the trucks will have watering uh spray misters in them to where they'll water water pigs are really sensitive to heat uh, they, they only sweat out through their nose versus cows you know they sweat out through their whole body so right pigs get overheated pretty quick um so when they get to the you know the the packing houses, if there'd be a line of trucks that, you know, took an hour to get unloaded, they'd come out there immediately with big, you know, fire hoses and water them down until it was time for, you know, them. But there would always be somebody that would, they could come along with another truck to hook under there and get them going because, you know, that's one thing you don't want to see broke down on the side of the road. Right, right. So, so speaking of uh, transitioning from, um, hauling livestock into the LTL industry. When you did that, uh, what kind of, uh, not shock, I don't want to use the word shock, but what kind of uh, change did you see? I mean, what did you, what was your feelings about that? Well, it's kind of like my first day with the shower. Uh, when I walked in the LTL industry, I was like, <laughs> it was a whole different ball game. Uh, I remember the first day I walked in there, the, the guy at church that invited me in there to work, you know, he took me up there and invited or introduced me to the dispatcher he's like just show up here about two o'clock and i remember asking him do we need gloves up there or anything <laughs> i don't give a crap what you wear you're moving freight or your hands so yeah. yeah but i tell you i fell in love with the ltl industry from day one I mean, it was just a challenge of getting in and out of these places uh you know we delivered a lot of farms a lot of Amish in ohio and some of the places you go, a lot of our new drivers won't even tackle it. You know, they're like, nah, I'm not trying that. Right, right. <clears throat> so, Steve, I'll back out and let you get some in there. I was just going to make a funny comment. I used to run out to Bloomington, Illinois, meet uh, Des Moines, Iowa. So I've got a lot of a lot of cow trucks, a lot of them little piglets. But come out of Kentucky, going out to Iowa, I used to call them bacon bits, a whole load of bacon bits. I mean, <laughs> I didn't do that. I just, there comes a whole load of bacon bits. Check them out, baby. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I got you. So, so Russ, over the years, you've been in the uh, LTL industry for uh, going what over thirty years now, right? Yep, thirty years, yeah. So, so tell us, 
take us down that road. Tell us a little bit about the changes in the uh, LTO industries that you have seen. Well, the you know, the one thing I never thought I'd be thankful for was a cell phone. I mean, I remember back when we started uh, making deliveries, you know, you're relying, and basically when you're over-the-road truck driver too, I mean, you were relying on some young girl or somebody in the office call over there to get directions to, you know, how am I supposed to get in there? And you're counting on her to be able to give you the right directions. But, you know, I carried a lot of city maps with me. I was, I'm very fortunate that my whole FTL career has been in Ohio. So a hundred mile radius of, you know, Columbus, Ohio, basically. Uh, you know, we went with city maps, we had county maps. Um, yeah. Or now, you know, you can GPS something. I, I've run the same area for so long. I've never, I haven't looked at a GPS in so long. You just know the roads, and, but yeah, it's. I'll tell you, it's a good and with that said, he's my GPS. Yeah, whenever right. I, the roads closed, they got a wreck or something up and down seventy one. I'm like, hey Russ, uh, wreck here, roads closed. Where do I go? So he's he's saved me a few times, and I really appreciate it. That's, that's hey, that's that pay it forward, you know. Yeah, pay it forward, help each other out, and everything else. I mean, that's that's, uh, you know, you talked about. <clears throat> getting directions. I used to run Chicago a lot. And, you know, the young lady would answer the phone, such and such manufacturer, and you say, Good morning. How you doing? You say, Fine. First thing you ask her, What kind of, you know, do you, do you drive a Volkswagen Beetle bug to work? And she would laugh because I'm 13.6. Anybody that knows Chicago, Chicago's got a low bunch of low bridges. And the last thing you want her to do is tell you how she gets to work. Because she takes every shortcut. Right. You know? and, and we've all seen them videos on, you know, whatever, them guys hitting them 12-6 bridges and 10-9 bridges. And, yeah, it's 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 interesting. When you when you call somebody and you're getting that direction, you're dependent on them. You want to make very sure they know you're, you know, you're 8, 10 foot wide, you're 14 foot tall. You you, you cannot go in the neighborhood. So all right. Right. I'll tell you another big change, Tim, is, uh, yeah. you know, back when I started, well, when all, when all of us started, we got in the LTL, you know, it wasn't like you were walking in off the street and getting one of these jobs at the companies that we're working for. You had to have a tenure of like five or six years behind the wheel. Basically, you had to have somebody that worked for that company go in and say, hey, man, hire this Russ Simpson. He's a good guy. Whereas today, you know, 30 years later, I never thought I'd see the day where we can't find drivers to fill the LTL seats where you're home every night. You know, you're basically paid by the mile or by the hour. You're off on the weekends and we can't get guys out of truck driving school to stay longer than a couple of weeks. And that's, that's, that was always the problem, you know, in the truckload. They always struggled filling the seats, but I'll tell you, we're having the same trouble now like they had. Right. Right. And, and I, and I see that too. Um, also Russell, uh, I, I know that, um, you know, just the, I don't want to sound demeaning here, but it's just the work ethic is not what it used to be. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, the trucking industry and, and you and Steve and everybody that's listening in the room can agree with this. You know, it's a well-paying industry. I mean, I've been able to put two kids through college uh, with it and uh, made a good living at it. And, you know, no regrets on my end. And I mean, I'm, you, you find that to be the same, right? Yeah. If I do it all over again, I'd choose the same path. I mean, I've enjoyed every day that I've been a driver in the industry. Um, I knew when I was a young boy, that's what I wanted to do. And my grandpa told me a long time ago that the problem people have is when they jump from job to job, you got to find something that you enjoy and stick with it. And right. And, <clears throat> well, yeah, go ahead. You, Steve. Get, you get people. I'm sorry. I mean, but you get you get people that, that like us that's been around 25, 30 years with the same company. Uh, the company really appreciates that. I mean, you've got a lot of people that, that come in. I, I stopped and see my mother-in-law on the way up here, and <clears throat> we was talking about, about jobs and everything. And, and anymore, people just ignore somebody comes in the door that had five, six, seven jobs. They're like, well, you know, we need help. We'll see what happens. But... Uh, you know, like Russ said, I had I had seven years coast to coast before I come here, and it took me five months to get hired on with with American Freightways. They they just one they didn't have room for me, but he was very stringent 
on what I did. You know, could I back then not everybody could just get in a truck and pull doubles down the down the road. I mean it 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 you had to be a safer, you know. Right. And and now I mean we're bringing we're bringing young people out of schools and they're lasting six months to a year and they're walking away. And right. I'm the ones that are that are leaving us and going to long haul. Now right. I know one or two they made it about three months of long haul and said, Wow, I want to go back to LTL. You know, so yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's unique and different. Uh, Russ, I was going to ask you though, being city, uh, do you have many trouble like when, when I was running appointment times? You know, uh, how's the LTO work? Do you guys have like just a time window that you hit, or you actually have appointments? Well, a lot of most of the stuff that I do is not it's not appointment. There's like one customer in Mansfield that actually has an appointment schedule and that's school specialties. But a lot of the big, you know, your metro areas, anything like food related, medical related, basically has to have an appointment uh, call ahead. You know, they, they need to know what's coming in. Right. I mean, the reason I'm asking when I, I mean, we're talking 27 years ago, uh, but you know, you'd be sitting around loading, you see the guy with yellow roadway, ABF, whatever, he just pulls in and it's like, you know, they'd have eight doors and the first two would be blocked off, yeah. so to speak. And, and the LTL guys would come in and kick a pallet or two off and leave. And you're still sitting there twiddling your thumbs two hours later, waiting on the guy to come by and unload you. Yeah. So you kind of feel bad for some of them over the road guys because <laughs> they, they get the short end of the stick a lot, especially some of these companies really working yeah. on stuff like that. Well, Russell, going back to uh, what I asked you earlier about, you know, some of the changes in industry. And I asked Don Biggerstaff this um, last week. We had, oh, was it last week before last, we had Don Biggerstaff on the, on the show, which was a great show. Uh, some of the things that have changed was uh, some of the trucks. So tell us a little bit about some of the trucks that you've driven over the years. Well, when I, like when I very first started out, you know, it was a Dodge pickup, three on the tree uh you know, dad and grandpa had us out there, me and my brother picking up hay. We try, they purposely put it on a hill and make us try to get that thing going. Then jumped up to like a 62 Chevy. Uh, it was an old dump truck my dad had. Um, five speed with two speed axle with a inline six, 230 cubic inch Chevy engine. That's it right there. Spent a lot, <laughs> a lot of hours on that baby. Uh, yeah. I tell you, I'd like to have what some of these new guys we got take them out and have one day. They just be like, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, but my when I was hauling cattle, it was a, a 1979 4070 Transtar two had a 8B92 Detroit with 13 speed. Uh, I've driven, I've driven about everything but a Western Star. Never driven a Western Star. Gotcha. But, you know the. I never thought I'd see Steve and I was talking about this earlier today. Um, you know, I remember in the TDC about 08 or 09, they started putting automatics in the classes of the truck driver championships. And there'd always be some problem. Oh, man, got an automatic in this class because you're so used to driving. <laughs> well, I bet if you threw a manual in the competition tomorrow, you'd have that same grumbling against these new guys. And be like, oh, shoot, man, I drew the, the manual, you know, because <laughs> half of them can't exactly. drive them. Right. Yeah, it's, it's all in what you know, somebody get, gets used to. And I, I'll say this, and I, and I talked to Don uh, bigger stuff about this last week about uh, the time from where we was in the city trucks with no AC to the time oh, yeah. now that we all have ACs in our trucks. Cause, and I said, Don, I said, Hey, that's one regulation that I can get behind. Yep. <laughs> and, the, and the old trucks had power steering where you turn them about 20 times and then move the wheel about a quarter and you make your turn and let go of it. And if you didn't move your hand, man, it'd take your fingers off. That steering wheel was, Recentered itself. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The so, wheel the wheel was about as big as this yeah. round table we're yeah. sitting at here. And and you just if you was a short arm feller, you couldn't get your hand all the way around to the top of the steering wheel. But yeah, you had to shelf what shelf what so so Russ, you're a pretty tall fella, pretty big fella there. And uh tell us uh have there any be been any trucks that you uh kind of thought, man, this is kind of uh, small for me. Uh, probably the internationals that we have, 
right now are probably the smallest ones. <clears throat> now, I, the one I really, that was really the roomiest for me that I really loved for years, was we had Sterlings. They were basically the Ford 9000s that took over. And then they made the Sterlings till like 2003, maybe, or something like that. But I, those trucks were tough. I loved them trucks. Lots of room in them. Uh, yeah, yeah. I so, currently drive in a Freightliner now, yeah. 10-speed. Do you, um, is that a twin screw? Yep. Well, our fleet is, they have a tag axle on the back axle, so it's a, you know, 10-speed with the front axle that all it pulls. I got you. I got you. Well, I want to move into some of these pictures that I loaded up, and we can talk about them as we go along here, and you can kind of just, like, tell us a story about them, okay? Uh, uh, some of them you sent me, some of them I kind of grabbed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I'll go ahead and put this one. So, tell us what's going on here at this picture right here. Well, that was down at the Louisville Truck Show. I did a, for our company, They, I was kind of like the, the spokes guy for our company. So I was, that was a big mural they had poster at their booth when they were recruiting. So I had to be walking by and the girl called me and said, hey, that's, that's him. <laughs> I've never met her before, but so she wanted me to take a picture beside it. Hey, that's that guy right there. Let's get that's to that guy. <laughs> oh, I love that. Wouldn't you love to be standing there when all of a sudden her mouth drops open, her eyes give up? Hey, that's the guy right there. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about this picture. I'm, so, this was after I got selected for America's Road Team. The following year, I got to be a mentor. So, those four gentlemen behind me were, you know, they were trying to get on the next team. So, I mentored those four through the whole process. Right, right. And one of them actually is a fellow um, Ohioan, right? Yeah, Scott Harrison. Scott Harrison. Yeah. Yeah, so in that picture, we got pictured there. Scott Harrison, J.B. Quarles. Um, Chris Sutton. Yeah, Sutton. And then we got Steve Smiley, right? Yep, yep. Okay. And now where was this picture taken at? That mm -hmm. is in uh, – it was Washington, D.C. Um, it's in the Russell Building. Uh, you know, I can't remember. Weren't you there too, Steve? Yeah, I was, I was there. Uh, Scott yeah. Harrison was my roommate there. Um, that I, was I, in, uh, I'm trying to, was that transportation room? I can't remember what building that was in. I, yeah. I know. I, too, didn't you? Tim? Yeah. Well, yeah, I was there. I'm, I'm kind of asking the questions like I don't know, but, <laughs> but, but yeah. <laughs> Dude, you was there with us. Give it, give it up, dude. Give it up. I'm the host here, man. My name is the host. <laughs> I was going to say it was like the Rayburn office building, but I, I don't think that was it. No, no, no. You're right. It was in Rayburn. It was? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Let's, let's move to the next picture here. So yep. Tell us, kind of walk us through this, how you got those trucks onto the White House lawn, and what are you doing there and why? So President Trump, when he got in the when his administration got elected, they were passing a big transportation bill, um, and the first time ever in the history of the White House, other than presidents moving in and out, they invited truckers to put two trucks on the lawn, and there was twelve drivers, uh, twelve company owners, and we got to go. Um, we stood in front of the white truck. The company owners stood in front of that Mac. And the president walked out that little door, like right behind my right hand, and came out and shook all our hands, walked right over to the drivers. He said, I want to know who the workers are. Walked right over to us. Uh, just like we was best friends, talked to us. And then he invite, invited us in there. We had a little powwow for about, oh, we was in there probably an hour, got to introduce ourselves to him. And so yeah. to get the trucks on the lawn, you know, you have to show up there real early that morning and you go to the um, naval yard which is about 30 minutes outside of town. And they pick those trucks over with a fine tooth comb. They want to make sure there's no, you know, bombs or anything in that. They had a dog sniffing them. And then we take them, we take them in. One had to go in, um, you know, it's a big loop on that South lawn. So you had to pull one of them in halfway, then back it back around. And the other one just went in straight. Um, but yeah, it was tight quarters. 
So that's one moment that you will probably never, ever forget. And I, and, I, and I remember, I was so proud for you guys. I was in Orlando doing a Truckers Against Trafficking uh, speech for a foundation down there. And I didn't know anything that was going on. And when I seen the news, I'm like, wait a minute, what are these guys doing? So anyway, I, I thought that was a pretty cool deal. So, uh, man, congratulations on that. And I know that we've been back to the White House since then. Uh, so um, the American Trucking Association, you know, you know, they're doing good things and um, they are a great, great uh, spokes um, industry, you know, spokes association for our industry. Yep, they sure are. I, I actually took the truck back for the Biden administration, too. Um, didn't Clean quite, truck. Yeah, didn't quite get the work we did with Trump, but, you know, yeah. I, was, I respect the office. I mean, I, I was glad to be there. Any kudos to the guy that cleaned that truck up for you? Uh I'll tell you, he did a good job. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell us about these cuties right here. Uh, those are two of my granddaughters. That's Joey and Allie. Uh, I actually have two more. I got four total. Okay. Um, and we got a small herd of Angus cattle. Um, we do a lot of freezer beef for people and uh, just a little hobby farm now. Just when you're in trucking, you don't really have time to do it full time. Right. Still bale a lot of hay and stuff. I should be home right now, hay, but I mean, <laughs> it's that time of year, ain't it? Yeah, it's been raining for like a month. Uh, uh, that's what the one international I was talking about. That's probably the tightest truck from my size got to drive. But that's one of the actual live twin screws we have. Those trucks right there were they were set up right. Gotcha. All right, tell us about this picture here, Russell. So that's another one of my hobbies. I like to tinker around. I have a, a shop where I, that tractor right there. I found abandoned in a barn. Uh, the guy said it hadn't ran since 1982 when he, he retired from the farm. So I completely took it apart, uh, flushed the whole fuel system out of it, changed it. It was a 24-volt system, uh, changed it to 12, new starter. And I'm telling you, that thing fired right up. And we still, I would be mowing hay with that today if I wouldn't be up here. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and That's just another one I had my shop working on. I got you. All right. Who are these people? That's the hay crew. That's my wife up top and my mom and dad. My dad just, they just turned 80 years old and they still get at it like they're 50. Dad just had a knee done uh, four weeks ago. Um, he's not recuperating the way they want him to, but he's back in. He's wanting to get out there in the hay field too. But. Yeah. Well, that probably keeps them young. That does, yep. Yep. I know people when they slow down and they stop and I mean, that's when they start going down. So, Hey, as long as they can keep moving and keep doing it, let them keep doing it. Well, there's a, yeah, <laughs> that's the truck that to this day, while my back is screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That no, thing, no air ride. No air ride. Only thing it had that was good was air conditioning and power steering. Um, yeah. They had a model like that. It was the, I think it was the LTL 9000 that actually had an air ride cab, but that one there did not. And I'm telling you, when you went through Detroit heading to Canada with that truck, the back slap on that cab would like knock jar your neck <laughs> loose. It was terrible. About like a one stack yeah. mag with a wind in the bucket. Yeah. yeah. That's the old dump truck. That's what you learned on, right? Yeah. That's one of them. This is something I snagged here, okay? Yeah. That was uh, Mother's Day just last weekend um i i restored that truck too that came out of virginia uh yeah. that was a restoration project to me about five years so that's my daughter son-in-law then my son's on the far right with his new bride they've been married a year yeah yeah and that's and that's all your grandchildren yep that's all my grandchildren and and that's all the grand yeah okay yeah and that was uh <laughs> so i was an ffa man for those of you out there listening that know what that is, but Future Farmers of America. So I got invited to go to the National Convention in Indianapolis uh, three years ago. They took the image truck there, and I got my jacket. That was my jacket that I had when I was a senior. So for some reason, in the 30 years it's been in the closet, it shrank. I don't know what happened, but <laughs> Moss, <laughs> Moss, Moss got to it. Eat some of the thread. Fits yeah. tight. Yeah, yeah. I I was in the FFA also, Russell. I actually held held office as Sentinel and Secretary a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And and with that being said, my wife, Beth, was the first female president of FFA in the state of Ohio. Yeah. All right. 
All right, so here's the next picture here. So th that was in Oakland at the um, Raiders game. Uh, Kalua Mack was one of their players that year as number 52, and Mack was a big sponsor. They're, they're a big sponsor with Share the Road program, so they invited us out there to do like a little thing with that Kalua Mack fella, and uh, that was us on the field with our fearless leader, Elizabeth Barna. Right, right. And I heard a little story behind that. I heard that if you didn't have the right color jerseys on there, it was kind of tough in that stadium, right? It was. They, <laughs> i tell you what, man, that was the roughest crowd I'd ever been. That Oakland cruise, there, there, there's some rough ones in there. All right. So tell us about this one right here. So that's actually here where we're at. Um, I don't know what year that was, maybe – I think that's the year I won a tank class up here, maybe in 2014. Yeah. But that's the trophies. That's the trophies Ohio gives for first, second, third. We got nice trophies. That's I my old safety manager there. I sure hope that um, you guys bring home some more of those this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that's – I don't know who them people are. Yeah. <laughs> Homer Simpson, I think, and Raggedy Ann. Yeah. That was Halloween at the church this past year. <laughs> I love it. I had to snag it, and I was like, yeah, we got to talk about Homer Simpson here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. Are y'all seeing those or not? No. no we, got black no we got a black screen. There you go. So that, my wife, that was her first Ohio State game we went to. That's yeah. I don't know what year that was, maybe five or six years ago. Yeah, and, and that's all the slides I got tonight. But I did want to put Lori's uh, picture in there at last because I want to tell the listening audience that you really married way up on the bar there, okay? Yeah. <laughs> she's here with us, but she's just afraid to come on, Tim. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, well, you, she yeah, don't want, yeah. we don't want to show you and Steve up there. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's it. You know, I mean, I mean, that's what it is. But if, if we got a couple minutes there, Tim, Yes, we got, we got a couple more guests in here. We we got quite the we got quite the lineup in here. I want to bring a couple guys in here. We got Randy Broderick. I'll step out of the way. Thanks for having me, Tim. It's been a oh, yeah. don't go nowhere, Russ. I want to don't, don't go nowhere. No, we got to get them all in here. We got Randy Broderick. Yeah, we got Jeff Rose. Hey, Jeff. Jeff Rose won uh, last year flatbed flatbed last year. Right, right. So, Jeff, uh, Jeff's you know, Randy took a second. Third yeah. in flatbed. I took third in uh, three X. I'm not going to talk about that. But, uh, you know, so we're doing the tank now. So, you know, I've been kind of rubbing elbows with uh, the man here, see if some of his good luck from way back when will help me. Yeah. But uh, I'll well, bring these guys in and say, hey, and, you know, well, what's well, happening? Let's do this, Steve. Let's do this. Let's kind of flip the script here a little bit and let's let. Uh, Russell, if you come back in the screen a little bit, uh, let's let Randy and Jeff ask a couple questions of uh, Russ there. How about that? Is that okay with you, Randy? That's fine. Yeah. So, so, so the floor is yours, Randy. You're our co-host now. Steve's fired. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Russ, who's your favorite driver you run into in Mansfield, Ohio? Well, it's got to be Randy. Randy and I happen to – we pedal the same town. We see each other probably three or four times a week. It's yeah. kind of nice. Uh, so Randy's a captain too, America's Road Team 05. Right. Is that right? Yep. 05 team, yeah. And yeah. Jeff Rose was on uh last team, right? 21. 21, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I remember. I remember seeing Jeff's name on there. But uh, all of you guys are are, you know, great um spokesmen and great representative of the industry there. So anyway, Jeff, do you have anything that you can help add to the conversation to uh ask uh, Russ tonight? Well, I can go the same way. Who's your best doubles trainer there, Russ? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that had to be Jeff Rose because he was at our terminal last week training us on doubles because with this new transition, we're going to have to be pulling doubles. So we had to learn how to hook and unhook them properly. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I was talking to Herschel Evans about that a little while back, and, uh, you know, he's been competing in the twins class. And he, he, um, well, he won't mind me saying this. He didn't place this year, but he told me, he said, man, he said, I got into a situation on one of the problems on the course. 
And he said, you know, I treated it like a 48 or a 53. And he said, you cannot treat those doubles like 48 and 53. And I said, that's right. That rear box does not off track that much. So anyway. Uh, it's something else you can't do, you know, with like the ATA trucks. You can't swing that 53 and put it in a spot that you put them doubles in because it don't bend in the middle. It don't right. bend in the middle. So, it sure don't. So, 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 yeah, so this one gets a little wider. So, Russell, tell us a little bit about um, working for Yellow. What kind of company is uh, Yellow to work for? Uh, it's a good – I mean, I you know, I'm kind of new to – I mean, I was always a Holland. I'll, I'll say that. I mean, for 29 years, I was – you know, I bled Holland. Um, and this transition, you know, it's it's been tough on some of us. But I think they're going to – they're, they got the right things in mind. Uh, you know, they're, they're really pushing toward this one yellow to where we're going to be, you know, one of the top contenders in the LTL industry. Um, we've got a lot of new equipment in. Um, they treat us good at the TDCs, you know. Um, I, I have no complaints. I mean, it's been a, like I said before, it's been a good career from day one, and I, I wouldn't change a thing about it. <clears throat> yeah, I think that Steve and Randy and myself can um... – you know, know that the growing pains of, you know, meshing companies together, you know, can be a real, you know, transition type period. But in the end game of things, it's for the good of the company, because, you know, the, 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 the main thing that we have got to um, I thought I had a call coming in. But anyway, I got the phone lines open just if y'all want to know. But anyway, the main thing is to, you know, the company make money, you know, and, and that's what it's about. If we're out here to make money every day. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a little something up here. Okay, uh, go ahead. Uh, this morning I uh, I was not awake at 4:45 in the morning, but thank God for DVRs. Uh, Russ here got invited to be on Fox and Friends and talk a little bit about electric trucks. So I'm gonna let him kind of elaborate on on the situation. I've never been put on the spot like that. <laughs> yeah, so I got the call. Like in September for Truck Driver Appreciation Week, I got to go on Fox and Friends with Yellow and another driver. We actually took a truck and trailer to Times Square and we're live, you know, with Steve Ducci on Fox and Friends. And one, one of the producers uh, must have kept my phone number because yesterday out of blue, she called me and wanted to know if I wanted to come on the show this morning to give my two cents worth on electric, electric vehicles. And... I said, you know, I'll, I'll say, what, you know, whatever you want me, I'll, I'll talk about it. So we went through this whole pre-interview yesterday about what we were going to talk about. Uh, I told her, you know, how I felt about it. You know, the fact that the, I think they're kind of putting the cart before the horse. The infrastructure is not there. So we go on the air this morning at 445 and didn't even know, but there was two other people on there with me. Uh, another driver, I don't know, from Ohio and then a, I'm not sure who the other guy was. I can't remember, but so none of the questions that they kind of it didn't go as well as I. <laughs> they, they shot me questions about what do I think about these small trucking companies if they're going to be able to survive if they're forced. You know, the administration wants to force this electric vehicles on all of us. Um, you know, and I didn't. I'm not good talking on the spot. I always think about. What I should have said three hours later when it's over, but I don't know. I, I think I did good enough to. He did a great job. I, I think he represented the, you know the the industry well. And I agree with what he said. You okay. know how is how is a one two or or ten truck operation supposed to afford a four hundred thousand dollar truck? How how are they going to do that? Right, it doesn't right. make any sense. Right, you know, three three weeks ago I drove from. Las Vegas to Reno. I took the ATA truck up to Reno, and I don't know if any of you listeners have ever driven that road, but it's State Route 95. It's 440 miles of just two lane in the middle of nothing. I mean, there. I talked to some of your FedEx freight guys, and they run that route like nightly, and it's well. Anyway, I got through there, and there was two charging stations about the 200 mile marker in this Hawthorne little town, and there were Tesla cars lined up like it was a Starbucks drive through in the morning, waiting to get a 30-minute charge to finish their trip to Reno, which is another 200 miles. 
And they're saying these trucks are going to take a four or five hour charge to get there. And they're only running about 200 miles is their range right now. Um, you know, that was the kind of stuff that I want to talk about on the show. It's just not feasible for, I mean, we're hitting hours of service problems now trying to get our runs done, let alone have to take a four hour break in the middle of it to recharge. Right. Right. When you got 500 and 600 mile runs, yeah. And you got the you, you got to make service standards and you know it's it's just not going to work until I don't know maybe in the future if they figure it out but I don't think it's something that should be thrust on us at this point in time because it will really slow down the freight flow in the industry. Yeah. I mean I could see it in a local delivery type or you know like a food vendor, beer truck whatnot going in and out of right or, you know, but I, I, I just can't see it happening and over the road stuff in, in our lifetime anyway, unless they really revamp the infrastructure. And, you know, right now, they, as soon as it heats up in the summertime, like California, especially there, they told them last year on the news, you know, don't charge your cars at a certain time, you know, turn your air conditioners down because the, the grid won't handle it. Right, right. Hey, there is a couple comments that's coming in. Um, I want to get these uh, out to you guys before um, we, we go off the air tonight. Uh, Bob Harris says, good luck uh, to all you guys at the TDC. Uh, ben Atkinson says, best of luck. Uh, Nationals is in the view. Uh, so um, I don't know who this Facebook user is. Somebody said, wow, Russ, you shaved. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and Esther Esther Morris Parsons, we had her on several weeks ago. It was a great interview, and I know that she was the one with you there at Times Square. Yeah. Um, she said hi, good to see yeah. you guys. She's good. Um, yeah, uh, let's go on down through these a little bit. Um, WW, I don't know who WW is, but somebody said, I don't know. I agree. I don't know what they're agreeing about, but somebody said on here, plus battery weight takes an additional twelve thousand pounds of freight. Yep. The uh, on the on the trailer, you know, so. Anyway, a lot of good comments there. Um, I don't know who they are if they don't sign up to put their name on there. But anyway, Russ, um, during the pandemic era, um, you know, I, I know that you did an interview with Dana Perino, uh, and, and it was a good interview there. Uh, tell us a little bit about that interview. I know a little bit about the backstory, so tell us a little bit about that interview. Well, I mean, if you guys remember, like the first thing that kind of went haywire was the whole toilet paper gate. I mean, you couldn't find toilet paper anywhere, you know. And uh, remember, I took a picture in our local, you know, our gas station, or I mean, our local Walmart, and there was none to be found. And so I was trying to think what the, uh, I can't remember what we talked about on Dana Perino, but. You, well, you well, I, I was really wanting to get to the crux of uh, where where you was actually filming from. Your neighbor's truck. Oh yeah, you are right. Yeah, because I was off. I was off work. Yeah, so I had to go over there. I had I had to go over and get his truck. <laughs> yeah, props. Yeah. But yeah, you gotta have props. You gotta have props, baby. You gotta have props. Yeah, yeah, yeah I oh, think so. Yeah. I think some of the interview that you had with Dana was you, you you were all just talking about the shortage and all and how essential that, you know, us drivers are to the industry and how how through that era, you know, how we were actually, you know, uh, recognized. Yep. And I still can't get over, like, you can't get a grasp on where the whole workforce went now. That You know, prior to 2019, when they shut the whole country down, everything's going good. I mean, we're going out to eat, and now it's still a struggle to go to a restaurant and get good service because at every place you go, it's not just the trucking industry. All these plants need need help. Um, there's the airline or short staff. Flights are backed up. It's, I don't know where everybody went. I got you. Uh, WW is uh, Bill West. Uh, he's the one that uh, put the comment in there. Hey, he was my roommate. Bill West is good okay. So, so he What's going yeah, on? Yeah, Bill West good people. I actually, <laughs> I actually had the opportunity to uh, get in a truck and go with Bill West from Oklahoma all the way up to um, Washington, uh, almost Canada. So uh, we had a good time. Had a good time. So and and down here around Sarasota and all that. But anyway, uh, Russell, mm -hmm. it, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. You sharing your story with us, and um, 
I do want to wish all you guys the best of luck. Uh, Steve, good luck next week. I mean, this weekend. Uh, Randy, good luck. And uh, Jeff, good luck to you there. Uh, I hope you all do well. I hope you all bring hardware home. Are any of you in the same class or y'all in different classes? The two guys in the back are flatbeds. Yep. Okay. All right. Two, two LTO guys pulling a flatbed. There you mm -hmm. go. I'm in a sleeper. I'm in the tank. <laughs> you know, I must do them every day. <laughs> you in that tank, baby. Just, you know, is what it is. I got you. I got you. We'll give it a whirl. Well, uh, Steve, any last uh, any last words of uh, encouragement to the listening audience? I want you all to stay safe, and I want you to remember the most important trip of the day is that trip home. Get home to them loved ones. All right. Russ, um, we always have a word of safety and uh, just encouragement. Uh, I'll, I'll ask this question going out for you, uh, Russ. What would you tell the young driver that wants to get into the industry, uh, whether, you know, him or her, what, what would you tell them? Well, it's not an easy road to get into. Um, you know, don't give up. Give it a chance. I mean, so many of these drivers that I mentor, they, they come into this industry and they, they basically want – what I have that I've been doing for 30 years, they want my start time. They don't understand that you got to start on the bottom and kind of work your way up. Um, you know, just give it a chance. And it's a good living. I, I, I sincerely mean this when I say I've enjoyed every day that I've gotten a truck. And right. uh, I enjoy going to work every day. Right. Right. You look forward to it. And, and, and I say, if you enjoy what you do, it's not a job, you know, it really isn't, you know, it yeah. does pay the bills, but you enjoy what you do. Uh, I want to ask uh, Randy in the back, Randy, what's some good words of advice for somebody out there that might be, um, you know, wanting to get into the industry? Uh, it's a, it's a uh, job that you can get here actually that'll take you clear through, you know, your, your early twenties, if you want uh, right up to retirement. That's um, okay. not, it's not back-breaking stuff that, uh, you know, you got to use your head a lot thinking about what you're doing when you're driving. Um, it's, it, it's really open to, to men, women, young, young people, you know, uh, early 20s and up. So great, great career. It's been good for me. Okay. All right. Jeff, how about yourself? Yeah, it's a great career. And, I, you know, I, I tell them all, find you a good mentor. A lot of plenty of mentors out here. Uh, they'd be more than happy to help you get into the industry and teach you the right steps to be safe and have a good, you know, career down the road. All right. Well, it is eight fifty nine here in South Georgia. I'm sure it's the same time there in Ohio. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we're fixing to go off the air. Uh, Y'all, if you will, panel, if you will, hang on till after we go off the air. I'm going to come back and uh, and and greet you again <laughs> but anyway yep. um i do want to say that um i appreciate everybody that's uh been on the show and everything that you had to say tonight has been really helpful and benefit beneficial uh we have some t-shirts still for sale if you guys want any just let me know or let steve know we just need to know your size i've got some extra large and some large left uh, but I can always get another run done. These are the new royal blue ones that we have. Um, so uh, me and Steve are sporting those tonight. So I got some uh, the uh, light blue ones. Yeah, there you go, Steve. Get up in there. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to put something up on the screen here. The T-shirts are $25 plus shipping. Just send us your size and address and allow uh, two to three weeks for shipping. And what we're doing with the money that we make for the t-shirt it just goes to support the show we have to pay for the streaming service and stuff like that it just goes to help the show that's all we're not trying to make money off this at all we we don't make take one red dime for ourselves but we're, we're having fun yeah we're having, having fun. fun yep yep but thank you russell for coming on I thank really you. and uh, go ahead steve if i might say russ thanks for coming on randy jeff thanks for joining in on the show uh, I mean, this this is what it's about. We, we we all work for different companies, but we do the same job. We have the same goals. That's make money, support our family, and get home to our families. So this is what the show's about. Let's all have a good time. Let's learn about each other. And, and man, everybody stay safe and tune in next week. All right. If y'all just hang on tight, I'm going to close the show out. So uh, I'll be right back with you, okay? Sounds good, brother. All right, listen, audience, we thank y'all for tuning in tonight. And uh, y'all remember to look out for those who aren't looking out for themselves. You can find us on Spotify and on uh, 
Apple Podcast there. I'll have it up there probably sometime tomorrow if you want to go back and listen to the show. But anyway, y'all stay safe and y'all have a great week and we will see you right here next week. I got a guest coming on next week. His name, uh, his name is, it escapes me again. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, but he's from truckparkingclub.com and he's going to be on here with us next week. We had to cancel last week, uh, but anyway, he's going to be on here with us next week. We're going to talk about, it. he's got an interesting app and uh, you know, trucking, truck parking is a problem. So I don't think y'all want to miss that, especially if you're OTR out there. So anyway, uh, y'all have a good one. See you next week right here on Truckers Voices. Mm-hmm.